love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. As it is each and every week, you can find the show wherever you can find your favorite podcast. We are there on Spotify, Apple, Google. You know the drill. Download, listen, rate, subscribe. It is appreciated. Hopefully, you all enjoyed my conversation last week with longtime NBA reporter Ethan Strauss, who also worked at ESPN for a time as well covering the Warriors at the apex of their dynasty. And he, oh boy, did he really come on and spill the beans. But ESPN, their corrupted NBA coverage and the dangerous insider game that they're playing. Um, I guess this week, a bit of a different tone, but an equally good uh, an equally good guy, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Uh, Mike Uva is Boston's newest sports anchor. He's a local kid. He grew up in Peabody, played football at St. John's Prep, and then at Assumption College in Worcester, And now he is the newest sports anchor for WBZ. That's a pretty cool gig indeed. And uh, Mike just has a great story of perseverance, a great story of how to make it in this business. And uh, he's now living his dream job after covering high school sports for ESPN Boston, working down south for the last six or seven years. So it's a really cool story. And Mike's a really good guy. So definitely excited to uh, introduce him to you in just a few minutes. But before I do that, There are a couple topics I want to talk about here at the top of the show. And let's begin with media feuds, because we always love those. And we will start with Dave Portnoy, Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy, who, of course, is almost always, it seems like, feuding with other media members. But usually, they're on the left side of the political aisle. The Deadspins, the Daily Beasts of the World. Portnoy, I believe, coined the term the Blue Checkmark Brigade. Well, now, another kind of blue checkmark brigade is going after him. Those on the right, who have co-opted Portnoy in recent years due to his anti-PC stance, are now upset with him. And they've been upset with him for the bulk of this summer, because after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, Portnoy came out as pro-choice, and they can't handle that. How ironic it is, right, that those who talk about free speech, free speech, are actually the ones who can't handle any difference of opinion at all. The second Portnoy came out as pro-choice, they were like, ah, they jumped ship. And now they hate him and call him a sellout. Uh, He got into this feud with this guy, Alex Stein, earlier this week, who's a right-wing commentator slash comedian. But that's honestly pretty boring. And I don't want to give Alex, people like him just bore me. So we'll move on from Alex Stein and we'll talk about Jason Whitlock. We all know Jason Whitlock. He now hosts a YouTube show and writes a column for The Blaze, which is Glenn Beck's platform. So Whitlock wrote a column this week just destroying Dave Portnoy, uh, saying he's not masculine, which I love, right? I love it when Jason Whitlock tells me about who's masculine and who's not masculine. When I think about masculinity and a real man's man, oh yeah, I definitely think of Jason Whitlock. Love him. 
so he goes after Portnoy in this column on the Blaze, again, Glenn Beck's network, saying Portnoy built a sports media empire pretending to be a fearless ESPN disruptor, standing against the wokeification of sports and American culture. It's now clear he's a total fraud and sellout. His lone interests are money and access to barely legal women. All right, not a bad line. Whitlock then says he sold Barstool to a gambling company for hundreds of millions of dollars, Penn National, and now Barstool is every bit as woke as ESPN. I think this was kind of in reply to his to the thing with Alex Stein. Uh, basically, I guess I have to get into it anyway. Basically, Alex Stein, I mentioned, is this right-wing commentator slash quote-unquote comedian, whatever. Uh, he made an appearance in front of the Las Vegas City Council pretending to be somebody who went to Vegas, lost an insane amount of money gambling, and he talked about how Vegas takes uh, you know, takes advantage of vulnerable men. And Barstool's Twitter account tweeted out that video. Like, they tweet out a lot of funny videos, and then it was taken down because they're owned by a gambling company and can't promote anti-gambling content. So Stein and Portnoy go back and forth. Now Whitlock comes in with the kill. Portnoy is a fraud. He has no core values, no defined set of beliefs, because yes, again, no core values, no defined set of beliefs, because he came out as pro-choice. And you can't handle that if you're Jason Whitlock, who talk about someone with no core values and no defined set of beliefs. He used to be a real journalist back in the day, like an actual journalist, sports writer, sports commentator, actually put some thought into his opinions. And now he just sticks his finger in the air and wherever the conventional wisdom goes, he automatically goes the other way. And yeah, like there's a need for that. And we need contrarians. I would call myself a contrarian. But when you're someone like Whitlock and every single time you take the opposite viewpoint you really come off as what he's calling Portnoy, a sellout. And you really come out as someone who's just playing an act. And you really come out as predictable. So Portnoy fires back, calls Whitlock fat. <laughs> nice. And then he posted a video taken from just a few months ago in which Whitlock lathered him with praise. Oh my goodness. He called Dave Portnoy the most important person in sports. So just a few months ago, earlier this year, Jason Whitlock was calling Dave Portnoy maybe the most important person in sports. And now Dave Portnoy is a fraud with no values or beliefs because he, what, came out as pro-choice and deleted a video from this guy, Alex Stein. <sighs> so this just shows you that in our online Twitter world, everybody is a crybaby. Everybody is a snowflake, and really everyone is a complete dork. Whitlock has no right to call anybody a sellout because he, who again is now hosting a show on Glenn Beck's platform, is a total sellout. He thinks he's a contrarian, but he's actually quite predictable. And Portnoy in recent years, as I was also saying, has been co-opted by the right due to his anti-PC stances. But now they're finding out that he's not a crazed ideologue. And he's finding out what they're all about. And a lot of those on the right, his new friends, are really about overturning rights of women, minorities, etc. And uh, I don't think Portnoy's down with that. So there you go. I've enjoyed this. It's been very funny for me to watch. And it's good to see Dave Portnoy spread the love a little bit. And feud against media members of all political stripes.
Switching gears here, Akib Talib. This is uh, definitely a tragic story and a bizarre story as well. I'm sure you've heard by now, Akib Talib's brother was arrested uh, for the shooting of a for the fatal shooting, I should say, of a youth football coach in Dallas a couple weeks ago. A fight broke out on the field, and the Talib brothers were part of it, leading the charge against the officials and the opposing team. This is a youth football game, and Akib Talib started the skirmish, according to videos, and then a gun was taken out. It was his brother's shots fired, and the opposing coach was shot dead. So with all of this happening, Akib Talib stepping away from Thursday Night Football on Amazon. Uh, he signed on to be part of Amazon's Thursday Night Football coverage, but he is stepping away. And the question is, this is at least the third shooting incident in which Talib has been involved in. Most infamously, he was involved in an incident at a Vegas nightclub in 2016. He accidentally shot himself in the leg and as a result had to miss the Broncos' Super Bowl celebration at the White House. And, you know, Tlaib was a great cornerback. He has a case for the Hall of Fame, five-time Pro Bowler, one-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, Super Bowl champion with the Broncos, played on some good Patriots teams, as we know. And he got into broadcasting recently, a few games in 2020, then was full-time in 21 for Fox. And I thought he was good and entertaining. He definitely was different. He wasn't nearly as polished as other broadcasters, but he was fun. You could tell he loved the game. You could tell he loved what he was doing. And he was a good listen. I enjoyed him. And Amazon presumably thought the same thing because they hired Tlaib to be part of their Thursday night football coverage. But now that Tlaib is involved in another shooting incident, and this is a fatal shooting of a youth football coach, I really don't think he should receive another broadcasting job, at least for a long while. Akib Talib, when you're a broadcaster like this and you're on a network's NFL team, you're on their premier property, you're being promoted as a face of the network, and you can't be involved in these kinds of violent shooting incidents. You just can't. So I liked Akib Talib as a player. Liked him as a broadcaster, a budding broadcaster. I think he had a bright future, but I do use the past tense, had, because I think, for now, this is probably the end of Akib Tlaib. And it should be the end. You can't be involved in all these shooting incidents and not face professional repercussions. Anyway, that's what I got on that. Coming up on the other side, you'll hear my conversation with Mike Uva, who got his start covering high school sports for ESPN Boston. Then he moved down to work in Greenville, Mississippi, one of the smallest media markets in the country. He worked in Columbia, South Carolina, and now he's back up in Boston, starting at WBZ as their newest sports anchor. Meet Mike Uva. He's coming up on the other side. Thank you, as always, for listening. And welcome back to the show. As I was saying in the opening, really excited for our guest this week, Mike Uva. Is a Peabody native, St. John's Prep, Assumption College, football player, and he's now uh, the newest sports reporter at WBZ. Mike, how are you? Thanks for coming on, my friend. I'm doing well, Alex. Appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, yeah. and you're on the boat nice and early, which I appreciate as well. And, and, and as you know, you never want to be the guy that owns the boat. You just want to know the guy that has the boat. So being back up here on uh, on the waters with a former teammate of mine from St. John's Prep. So Love happy it. to be up here. 
Love it. Yes, I'd much rather be on a boat than own one because I am not handy at all. I'm not mechanical. It would just be, it would be a disaster. Exactly. Um, so I'll ask you a question right off the bat here. You've been down south for the last six, seven years full time. Now you're still working for Gamecock Central, but what's it like coming back home and doing TV up here? It doesn't feel real. I mean, I know we've known each other for quite some time through our mutual connection with Steve Buckley. Yes, that's right. And anytime I would come up here, whether it be Buck, whether it be obviously working with Steve Burden, the Bobble Bells, the Mike Lynches, I'd meet up with those guys, especially Steve Burton. I'd swing by WBZ a good bit when I was trying to get into the business as uh, as well as when I would just come up here to visit family. And I'm just so used to being up here, whether it be visiting family or trying to find a South Carolina connection, whether it be Jackie Bradley Jr. when he was here or, um, you know, covering the World Series or just whatever, right? Stephon Gilmore. So, Anytime I was up here, I'd be around the guys like Burton and, you know, the Mike Lynch's and all those guys. So it doesn't feel real. I still feel like I'm just up here visiting. But, yeah, yeah about two weeks now that I've, I've been up here working for BZ. Yeah. And so you mentioned, I guess it really just speaks to, and first of all, how nice a lot of people are. Like, I know Burton's been great for you. Buck, we know, is a great guy. And also, like, the importance of just, like, keeping connections and keeping relationships. That really is kind of, like, the name of the game still. So, yeah. And, you know, you start in like a really unconventional way. I mean, it's so hard, as you know, to break into sports broadcasting or broadcasting in general. I mean, kids do all of these unpaid internships in college, and I was one of them. They go to these elite broadcasting schools, Syracuse or what have you. And you don't have time to do a lot of that stuff because you were playing football at Assumption College. So, you saw a tweet from ESPN Boston's Brandon Hall, who used to run their high school vertical. And you saw I was going to be on your campus, right? And you decided to go up to him. Just tell our listeners uh, how you kind of got your start. Yeah, it's ironic because it was the exact day after I played my last college game. Oh, wow. Brendan was up there covering a, a, a prep game. Um, and I say prep, not St. John's prep, but prep schools. I think it was like East Coast prep versus a local um, high school in the area. And they were just using the field at Assumption. So, I said, shoot, let's go over, introduce ourselves, and we did. And we stayed in great contact. I think he came out because he's a big fan of Coney Island out in Worcester. So we went out, grabbed some chili cheese dogs, stayed in contact. And once August rolled around, I'm like, shoot, I don't have a job yet, not even a freelance gig anywhere because I didn't know what I, what I really wanted to do. I always thought getting to writing, um, that's how I was introduced at St. John's Prep. I did a story over there about a buddy who fractured his neck. He was a triplet. And um, – the year prior, his brother fractured the same C5 vertebrae. So oh when I read that story, that's what got me into, okay, maybe I'll I'll get into sports writing. I got to college. Someone came up to me, knew that I enjoyed writing about sports. They said, do you have any interest in doing a radio or TV show? I'm just like, what? So got introduced to doing that um, at Assumption. And the next thing you know, we created a TV show from scratch out there, worked with some tremendous people, this guy named... Dan Murphy, whose father works at the Boston Globe, he introduced me to many people at the Globe, including the, the former sports editor, Joe Sullivan. So it was just meeting guys like that, meeting guys like Brendan Hall. Um, and Brendan knew some of those guys at the Globe, and they vouched for me. And Brendan gave me an opportunity to work for ESPN Boston covering high school sports. And that really gave me a platform to not only write about sports, but I also got in front of the camera a little bit and having that ESPN flag, that Mike flag, 
um, really opened up eyes, and that's how that's what helped me land my first job in Mississippi. There's a Coney Island in Worcester. There is a Coney Island. I don't wow. think it's the same one as uh, Nate. No, they just call that. And I feel like an idiot saying that because there's definitely going to be uh, a woo a woo rat as uh, as uh, my college teammates were there from Worcester, and they would know the story about how long that's been there, the connection. But yeah, nice little Coney Island with chili cheese dog. The chili cheese dog. Same thing. And Worcester names are called are called Woo Rats. I didn't know that. Woo Rats. Yep. Woo Rats. All right. Well, I live in Dorchester now, and we call ourselves Dot Rats. So I guess it kind of oh, makes sense. But there are a lot of rats in Dorchester. I don't know if there are rats. I guess there are rats around Worcester. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. Worcester's got really nice or nicer since I've left. I mean, of course, yes. with the Woo Sox, and uh, just they've they've done a good, nice little job. I wish we had that ballpark, Bola Park. When I was uh, going to college, I would need to head on out to the games and get some cheap beer, but we missed out a couple of years too late. And so you were covering high school sports for a couple of years for ESPN Boston. How did you make that beat your own? And what do you think the interest level is in, in high school sports around here? It's nowhere as close to what it is in the South. Um, right. It'd be South Carolina, especially. I mean, I've covered some of the biggest name athletes in the South. I mean, I remember covering DK Metcalf, uh, high school track meet his senior year. And of course, he's done a tremendous job with going to Ole Miss, to then he's now being a star with the uh, Seahawks. I covered Zion Williamson's last high school game. Um, I've, I've covered some really talented high school athletes. Now, that's not to say there isn't talent up here. It's just different. Um, it's just it's just different. There's no way to, other way to put it, whether it be baseball, basketball, especially football. Um, there's, there is talent up here from covering it, but from working in three different States, I mean, I'd say South Carolina has the best talent I've, I've ever seen just across the board, Mississippi too. And then, uh, I'd say Massachusetts after that, but, um, it's just, it's just different. Um, high school sports down there is, is, I don't want to say it's a way of life. Depends what it is, especially football. It's, it's a big deal. I mean, the stadiums down there, some of them are bigger than, the stadium I played at an assumption. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. 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 And so you, I mean, yeah. So I do want to talk a little bit too about your, your, your years down South. Um, you said you got your first gig at in Greenville, Mississippi, right? WXVT. Yeah. Uh, so what size media market is Greenville? Goodness. You know, around like 192, 194. I mean, it's one of the smallest stations. And the crazy thing is the very first job I applied to the then sports director, was from Waltham and she was working in Alpena, Michigan, which is like the third smallest market in the country. And I couldn't even land that job. So I'm just like, I can't land a job at a small market. Like, like, so how am I going to get in? But Steven Robinson, the long, long, long time sports director down there, um, saw something in me and gave me an opportunity and, uh, Two bars and uh, two roads. Not not too much going on in Greenville, not Mississippi, but some of the nicest people in the world. Hmm. You know, I mean, that's why, like, in college, you can obviously go many different paths, sports writing, TV, radio. And I, you know, TV sounds glamorous, but then I actually found out what it would take to make it in TV. And I would have to move to Alpena, Michigan, oh. or Greenville, Mississippi. And I said, no, thank you. I will take my chances and stay here. What made you decide that you're willing to do that and move down south to yeah, media market number 192? It was just the only opportunity that I had. Yeah. I mean, I have, 
in my uh, back because I still I still have my condo in South Carolina currently. You know, some of the awards that I've been I've, I've been fortunate enough to win right in the middle of that. I print out and I've had it since God, I had it since the first time I got into TV and I kept it even throughout the interview process. But it's a list of every station that either said no to me or love it. And I I keep that there. I mean, as a football player, as an undersized football player that, you know, is five nine on a good day and was uh, you know, God knows what. I mean, I said one seventy five in the program. I mean, I was probably one sixty soaking wet. So, you know, I've always find different ways to motivate myself and that's certainly one of them. Um I don't care what business you're in. If that's something that helps you, then do it. So uh just having that list and just knowing like, Hey, look, like I just want to get into this business. And I was very fortunate. And that was one of the things I said when I was fortunate to get this job up in Boston is that when I met a lot of these people, I took pictures with them. And that was something from a mentor who actually went to St. John's prep and an assumption as well. He said, when you meet these guys, take a photo with them and write a handwritten card, thanking them, have them sign it, mail it back, put all the, you know, postage on it the stamps all that but have them hold on to one of the pictures and what i would write in that note and i said i want you to hold on to this because one day i want to make that time you're giving me worthwhile so you know it's been really neat some of the guys whether it be john butchergrass um, some of the local guys up here chris bourbon like those guys just to see their reaction with this it's 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 really neat because it's just like i still feel like i'm that college kid where i feel that guy that wants to get into the business and these guys are icons, the Bobble Bells of the world. I mean, him shooting a text to me, that meant the world to me. Um, but you know, I know I'm kind of rambling at this point, but the point being is it's just, I wanted to get into the business cause I wanted to, I felt like I didn't want to let them down. I wanted yeah. to really be able to make their time worthwhile. Did you find it kind of exhausting doing all of this, not just meeting people, but then sending cards, pictures. It is a lot. I did, um, but I made it a habit of doing it, and there's been a couple things. I mean, Steve Burton taught me some different things that, I, that I've that i done um, that have helped me out with, with this business or the, the whole journey that has nothing to do with – that's nothing to do with TV, but I just made things habits like that. So, I mean, shoot, the – guys and girls at the post office they became very familiar with me whether it be right down the street and living in my parents home trying to get my first job or in greenville mississippi or south carolina and just going to those same places to mail this stuff out so one thing i do have i get made fun of a little bit by some of my buddies when they came down when they do come still in my office um, i have all those pictures of people that have helped me along the way and a majority of them are signed and it's not a i always like i said i always get made fun of uh by some of my buddies because it looks kind of like a little mural of myself with yeah the point being is that started off very small like maybe it was like a picture with steve buckley and steve burton and brendan hall and they'd sign it and it was just like the beginning of the journey now i mean that thing goodness i probably have about 50 60 pictures on the wall yeah um and it in a sense just tells a story that reminds me of this journey of how many people have helped me. And it's not just sports media members. It's coaches that I've built relationships with players who've helped me out. Um, a player that has really helped me out 
for college football fans, Marcus Lattimore. Um, yep. just, wow, wow. He, uh, he gave my first break, did a big story when he was returning to work for South Carolina. He allowed me to break it. And one of the things he told me, I asked him, I'd only been there in South Carolina for a year. And I said, why are you letting me do this? He's like, because I trust you. He's like, you know, you're a good guy and you've earned that respect for me. So just little things like that. I have them up on the wall um, in my office still down in South Carolina. It just rem- And it just reminds me, and I don't see it right now, but it just reminds me of just, hey, you know, you're not – this isn't just about you. This is about so many people that have helped you get to this point. Don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. And what's it, what was it like for you covering college athletes? Cause you know, you're, you, you, cause you know, they are young, especially, you know, 18, 19, you did that a lot in South Carolina. Just what's that dynamic like? And how do you, I guess, get close to them? I was able to build a lot of good relationships and I still have a lot of good relationships, especially in this whole new world of NIL. At Gamecock Central, we have took advantage of that. We've created a thing called Garnet Trust, which pays these athletes to do interviews, essentially. But we're the middleman, and the money's coming from donors, fans, and we just provide the money to the athletes. We're not getting, we're not keeping any of that. But I bring all that up because even before that, I just I built relationships with players to the point where, oh, granted, like you said, you know, college athletes—they're only going to be there three, four years. Uh, the majority of them. So you're trying to build a relationship so that when they leave, the people that are there, like the J.C. Horns of the world, when he left and got drafted by the Carolina Panthers, we stay in great contact. Saw him last week when, the, when he was at Patriots practice for the joint practices. But then he tells the younger guys about you, and then you build relationships with them. So um, it's different, I'd say, than, than pro, of course. And I've only been covering the Patriots for two weeks. Um, I have some connections with South Carolina, but it's just different. I covered the Panthers a little bit. It's just down there. It's just different with college kids. So I, um, I just, I mean, I love the SEC. I love college sports. I feel like it's very unique. Um, it's just not going to be the same ever up here with Boston College, just because right. down there, that that's their Patriots. That's their Red Sox. They don't have pro teams in South Carolina, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about it. Um, and uh, so you are 31 years old now. Um, there's a lot of things. Hey, I want people to think I'm younger. Some people think. <laughs> hey, dude, okay. I'm, I'm 29 and I'll... <laughs> yeah. I'm 29 and I'll be 30 in a few months. So uh, it's scary. I mean, I still view myself as like an 18 year old as well. And I think I... I'm like 18. I mean, shoot! I just celebrated my my thirty first. Actually, the day I found out about the job, I got got called on my birthday a couple of weeks ago on the fourth, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I think it was the other day. I'm like, shoot! I just turned thirty one. I'm like, what the heck's going on? But if you're twenty one at heart, that's really all that matters, you know. And I, and I feel I'm losing my fastball a little bit. I don't know if I can go out and hang the same way like I used to. No, I know the hang. They get they really do get rougher as you as we age here. I mean. I'm like I I'm I, I'm like I used to go away and drink very heavily for like five nights in a row. I'm like, how the hell did I do that? Losing my fastball. I don't, we are. Um, but as I was saying, no, there's a lot of things that like you can do: podcast, Twitch, YouTube. I mean, go on down the line. TV, sports anchor, probably one of the older, you know, one of the more legacy versions of things you can do. Um, what makes you want to pursue that path today in 2022? It's interesting because, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I 
was ready to cover South Carolina football. Um, I like the direction where Gamecock Central's heading. Right. I think it's so big. Then um, I feel like it's going to continue to grow. And it's one of the reasons why I got out of TV. Um, I had uh, a very unique opportunity to get new, join Gamecock Central shortly after. And still in front of the camera, still doing a lot of things that I was doing for the TV station down there. And I was really enjoying it uh, because I just feel like that's the direction a lot of things are going, especially in a market like that. But, I mean, this is this has been a dream job. This has been an opportunity that I never thought would ever come, um, especially once I left TV. So the fact that the other night I'm reading in front of a teleprompter for the first time in 11 months and I'm working in the, one of the biggest markets in the country and I know I'll always be biased when I say it's the best sports town in the country, if not the world. Um, I just couldn't say no to that. And I feel like there's few places still that sports really do matter still. And a lot of places don't invest the same way like Boston, especially WBZ, um, to work with guys like Dan Roach and Steve Burton, our amazing producers, Joe Giza, Jackie. Um, it's just a great team. And the fact that they're the flagship station of the Patriots. So when that right. call came, I'm just like, hey, look, Things are t- changing. Digital's getting bigger, but a place like Boston, especially BZ, right? There's a lot of great opportunities. So it was oh. it was a trainer. undoubtedly such a legacy brand. So yeah, you mentioned you came back here two weeks ago. I know you're still working full time for Gamecock Central from up here. Um, but tell uh, what's your schedule going to be like for BZ this fall? When can we catch you? So the schedule is going to continue to rotate a little bit. Like right now, uh, depending on. When this airs, I mean, we're taping this on a Wednesday. I'll be anchoring the 8 o'clock and 11 o'clock news tonight. And then I'll appear on the morning show the next day. And then I'll be anchoring 8 and 11 tomorrow. And then on uh, Friday, I believe the game plan is to have me doing post-game back at CBS Club, Sporting Club. Yeah. uh, With Roach and and Burton on the road in Vegas. So I think I'll be with Christian Fourier back here. I don't know if Mike Reese will be there, but... You know, and then I'll anchor again Saturday. So the bottom line is I'm the utility guy. I'm the number three. I got to, I got to, uh, I got to earn my stripes and uh, I wouldn't want it any other way, especially working with guys that are talented, have paid their dues like them. Uh, even Levin Reed has, has been tremendous help me as I've filled his role or trying to, I don't think you can ever really fill, uh, the shoes of Levin Reed. who's doing a great job with the morning show as a reporter for WBZ. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the game plan is during the season, they're going to have me most days be off on Tuesdays and Saturdays. And then um, I'll be at Gillette Stadium most of the time, I believe, fill in anchoring when needed. And uh, if there's any other sports, whether it be like the Red Sox, Boston College, Bruins, Celtics, whatever, if they need an extra hand, they're going to send me to to help out. So I'll be uh, – I, I know I was hired mainly to be the Patriots guy this fall, but – there's going to be some great opportunities because, as you know, Alex, I mean, this this city doesn't stop. This city does not stop when it comes to their sports. It does not. But we're going to stop the interview now so you can get back to the water before you head in tonight. Uh, Mike, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Alex.